What is up? What is up? What is up? Welcome to the Mitch Davis Show. I'm your host, Mitch Davis, founder of the Mitch Davis Show. Dot com and also podcast host of the Mitch Davis Show and the Full Court Press Basketball Podcast. We are less than 24 hours away from the AutoZone Liberty Bowl matchup between the Army Black Knights and the West Virginia Mountaineers. And you know what that means? Another podcast to preview the matchup, the exciting matchup, man. That I tell you what, this matchup between Army and West Virginia will be one that will be talked about for years to come. On today's podcast, I am joined by Bryce Atkinson, host of the Yards and Stripes podcast. And tell you what, this guy is top of the line, best in the business. I mean, there is really no introduction that you can do for this guy. It was such an exciting podcast interview that I know each and every one of you will enjoy. It is December 30th, one day away from New Year's Eve. We are almost out of 2020. But not just yet, folks. We've got to celebrate the college football season with the 62nd annual AutoZone Liberty Bowl on Thursday, New Year's Eve day, with a 3 o'clock kickoff on ESPN. i tell you what, I'm excited about this matchup. The city of Memphis is excited, and the whole college football world as a whole is excited for this matchup. Before we get into the interview with Price Atkinson of Yards and Stripes podcast, want to encourage you to head on over to the website, themitchdavisshow.com. We're also on Twitter at MitchDavis underscore eight. Facebook and Instagram at The Mitch Davis Show for exclusive and in-depth look into the 62nd annual AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Live from the stadium tomorrow starting at 1 o'clock will be our pregame coverage. We're also going to have a countdown to kick off Facebook Live and Instagram Live probably right around 10.30 a.m., also going to be on the radio for Wake Up Memphis at 7.50 to talk about the AutoZone Liberty Bowl as well. So tomorrow on the Mighty 990, which is 107.9, a.m., KWAM out of Memphis, Tennessee, going to be joining them to talk about the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, Memphis Tiger basketball, and to give a recap of the Memphis Tiger football season, Montgomery Bowl champions, great season for the Tigers. At this time, I would like to welcome my very special guest, Price Atkinson, host of the Yards and Stripes podcast. On the show today, I tell you what, this is going to be a really fun interview, and I can't wait for you to enjoy it as we get closer to kickoff of the 62nd annual AutoZone Liberty Bowl. I'm your founder and host, Mitch Davis. I am joined now by Price Ackerson, host of the Yards and Stripes podcast. Welcome to the Mitch Davis Show. <laughs> Go Army. Congratulations to Army on another successful, <laughs> awesome season. Yeah, what's up, Mitch? Thanks for having me on. Uh, it, it's just another incredibly successful season for Black Knights. And Jeff Munkin, the head coach, what, in his seventh year with the Black Knights, is it would look like or how it might play out, you know, certainly Army, they cobbled together a schedule you're dealt. And that's what I've always said in college football, especially when it comes to, you know, the lower level, you know, 
conferences and even when it comes to college basketball, to, I mean, you can only play the hand you're dealt. Win, you got to win the games. Uh, they're, they're there. Uh, you got to you got to win them all. And they darn near tried to do that and, and got to nine and two and sit on the cusp of another 10 win season. Something I think they've only done what three times previously in school history, all under coach Jeff Munkin. So yeah, this is a big opportunity for, for the black Knights tomorrow afternoon against West Virginia. there, right there in uh, on Beale street, Memphis. Let's uh, let's talk about this matchup real quick, because this is a very interesting matchup talking to the West Virginia folks. They said, you know, contrasting styles of football army with the triple option of course, West Virginia with the run first spread type offense. Talk about this matchup and what do you expect out of it? never been intimidated at the times when they have faced off against power five opponents. They've never blinked. Um, you know, one of the last higher profile times I remember was when they went to Norman a couple seasons ago and, you know, a night game, uh, what mid, mid to late September and took the Sooners into, I can't remember if it was triple overtime where it was, but had a chance to win the game and led the whole way. You know, Academy kids just in general, I'll say this, haven't worked at, in an academy for, for four years and work with athletes of not just football, we'll work with athletes um, at the Naval Academy, specifically across in baseball, water polo, wrestling, all kinds of sports, all of the competition so often. And it, it goes both ways. Um, a lot of times when they're playing an opponent that might be like a, a Citadel or a, uh, a Texas San Antonio, two opponents, for instance, you know, that Army played this season that they didn't beat by very much. They beat Citadel 14 to nine. They beat Texas San Antonio uh, by eight points in back-to-back weeks. You know, those aren't big high-profile opponents, but they typically play the level of competition because they've got so much on their plate with, with um, you know, academy um, requirements, that the courses, I can't even pronounce half the courses these kids take uh, in academies. And then the football element too, there's so much on them, but it also goes the other way. And when they play big time opponents, they rise to that occasion, whether you're Navy playing Notre Dame every year, uh, whether you're o- uh, Army getting the chance to play Oklahoma a couple seasons ago, who so I just mentioned, or obviously tomorrow against West Virginia, you know, out of the Big 12 and the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, Army's going to come dialed in ready to play um, because of the opportunity. Um, you mentioned contrasting styles. You know, I, I work. I knew Neil Brown when he was a student um, and a player at Kentucky, my alma mater, where I went. Um, I knew Neil when he was a walk-on wide receiver out of Boyle County, and to see where he's come from, I was in the stadium when um, when he took Clemson, you know, down to the wire and nearly upset Clemson several seasons ago when he was at Troy. And you know, he's in a second season of a, a really a rebuild this year. Um, but they do like to throw the football, you know, they do, but they do like to run it. I think he wants to be run first, um, but they throw the ball more than any opponent that Army has seen this year. Predominantly, everybody that Army has seen offensively has been a, a run heavy opponent. And that's why I think the numbers take nothing away from Army. I think they're number two in total defense um, NCAA across the in, in the country. Um that's by and large by two things. Uh, number one, playing predominantly rushing oriented teams, teams that like to run the football. Um, and then number two, you look at the schedule and you see Middle Tennessee, Louisiana Monroe, Abilene Christian, the Citadel, Mercer, Tulane, you know, teams that aren't jumping off the page that, that scare you a lot. 
you know, so they haven't played, you know, high profile opponents, but that being said, winning breeds confidence, Mitch. And when you get to this point in the season, nine and two team, sure. You may not have played the kind of schedule, like say West Virginia has in the big 12, but when you've got that kind of confidence and that kind of momentum, especially having won not just three straight games to end the season, but you beat Navy and then Air Force on back-to-back weeks and win the Commander-in-Chief trophy again, you come into this game with a ton of momentum, and that's something West Virginia doesn't have, having lost, I believe, two of their last three. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see really how this unfolds tomorrow. Now, before we get into the Commander-in-Chief trophy and talking about that uh, Army defense, talk a little bit about this offense of Army, because we were on the West Virginia press conference, and they said that Army has seven guys that can touch the ball and play active mem- active minutes, meaning, you know, getting rushing yards, getting passing yards in that Army offense. Talk about the Army offense and that triple option. Yeah, this, this, this triple option that Army's got this year, it is not the explosive. They're, they're only number four nationally in rush yards per game. And number four is pretty good at most schools. Traditionally, it's always Army and Navy. This traditionally, those two schools. And, you know, Navy obviously couldn't run the ball at all this year. But Army, they've struggled, and I say struggle relatively, just because they haven't had, number one, the big play, that home run um, type of threat. Kel Walker graduated. You know, they lost their um, – they lost their a lot of their playmakers uh, offensively. It, and then simply, you know, due to COVID and everything, you don't know who's going to be available from one week to the next. So, I mean, there's, there's still a ball control, triple option, run-oriented team. But look, dude, they played six quarterbacks this year. Six guys have taken snaps under center for Army this year. That's unheard of. I don't care where you are. So that's a lot of that's had to do with COVID. Um, a lot of it is system, you know, byproduct of the system. Guys go down. You know, it's really a plug and play when it comes to triple option. It's not cute. It's not fancy. You just do what they do. Um, you know, but it's still going to be led by Christian Anderson and Ty here, Tyler. It'll be one of those two guys under center uh, is the starting quarterback tomorrow. Um, Christian Anderson's the one that's got more experience. It's a junior or senior. And then Ty here, Tyler, you know, is a youngster, I believe a sophomore. Both can make plays. Um, Christian Anderson a little bit better. Um, in the passing game, certainly, um, you know, but still, you're not going to see Army throw the ball a whole lot. This is a ball-controlled offense, and the bit I think probably maybe the entire key of the game tomorrow play margin in their wins. I believe they're plus eight turnover margin in the two in the two games they lost. They were minus I think three or four. And it's not just fumbles. You know, they've, they've thrown the ball a little bit more this year to try and open it up. Um, and they've thrown five picks, so it's not just putting the ball on the ground. But that's going to be the big thing tomorrow is turnover margin because the offense for Army and triple option, keeping the ball, um, running up that time of possession. In West Virginia, that's a stat of what time of possession because they do like to run the football and they do it well. Um, I think they were second in the Big 12 in time of possession this year Uh was West Virginia. So time of possession tomorrow, first downs and not giving the ball away, I think is probably going to be one of the biggest keys tomorrow, especially for that army offense. Now let's talk a little bit about this defense, because what are, what to expect out of this army defense? Because they are, I think second overall defense in the country, right behind Alabama. Talk about this army defense and the schemes that we can expect to see tomorrow. 
Yeah, Nate Woody, uh, former Georgia Tech defensive coordinator, um, he came in a couple seasons ago. Um, it's a 3-4 multiple defense. Um, it's it's a lot like it was a couple seasons ago. I'm trying to remember the guy. Uh, I'm I, 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 just a blank right now. He left uh, report surface, I believe it was two or three years ago um, when report surface the night before the Army-Navy game and Mac Brown then just come in and basically kept a lot of the same principles, the 3-4 uh, and tries to bring a lot of looks. But they, this is a defense that plays with a lot of swagger. You know, I heard a lot of the Army guys uh, talking this week about, you know, the swagger and kind of that, con again, confidence that they have. And, you know, it's not a it's not a bend but don't break defense. You see that a lot of times in academies where, you know, it might be a little bend but don't break because you don't have the size, maybe the quickness is some of these, you know, big-time schools like you're going up against and like obviously a Memphis right there in the AAC or a West Virginia it's not been, but don't break at all. This is a playmaking kind of defense. And that's something, you know, that some of the other academies have tried to institute a little bit more. So uh, a lot because of what army's done the past few years defensively. That's why Navy brought in Brian Newberry um, from Valdosta state, because he's so multiple and likes to attack. And that's what army does defensively. And the name you're going to hear tomorrow, um, probably more than anybody on that defense is a guy by the name of John Radigan, a senior he leads them in tackles with 78 tackles. I believe he was the second team um, all postseason All-American by USA Today um, in the last couple of days. And he is, the, without a doubt, the heart and soul uh, of that defense. He's a playmaker. Um, he's the one middle linebacker, the one that's going to be making the calls. John Radigan is the name that you're going to hear called an awful lot tomorrow. Now, before we get into the keys to the game and your prediction for the game, I want to talk about this commander-in-chief trophy because you've been around all three service academies. For an outsider looking in, it's really cool. But talk about how much that actually means to a program to win all three or all two of those games against their rivals. It's everything. It's everything. Obviously, the Navy plays in the Air Force in the Mountain West and in armies and independent Air Force Navy will tell you, yeah, their goal is to win a conference championship, but their number one goal is to win the commander in chief trophy that comes before a conference championship. They want to bring that CIC trophy home uh, and display it wherever they, you know, each respective academy puts it um, in those kind of a game. Those kind of games have an intensity you know, a palpity that, it, I mean, clearly the Army-Navy Army Navy game just is set apart. It's the best rivalry in all the sports. I don't care who you are. I mean, Auburn, Alabama fans will argue till they're blue in the face. That's fine. There's just nothing like an Army-Navy game. But, you know, with all due respect to Air Force as well, I mean, Air Force for years owned the Commander-in-Chief Trophy under Fisher DeBerry, longtime coach. And then when Troy Calhoun got there, you know, they, they didn't really miss a lot of beats. And then, you know, Paul Johnson came into Navy, who went later went to Georgia Tech and and Niamatololo took over for him. And, you know, Navy really dominated the CIC trophy for years. And now in just the recent time, it's really been Army and Jeff Munkin. But the CIC trophy is everything. And the interesting thing about this, and this is what is, was really interesting um, from my standpoint this year watching this unfold, is because, you know, the, the Army Air Force game was scheduled to be played as usual back in November, that first Saturday in November. And they had to basically postpone it because of COVID and they still found a way to play it. Where do they play it? They played the army air force game after the army Navy game, which is unheard of. And they didn't just play it afterwards. They played it the following week. 
which I can't imagine trying to get my kids up if I'm Jeff Munkin, get them up again to play after playing Navy. Yeah, you know that the CIC trophy's on the line if you win, but still, after an Army-Navy game, to have to come right back that next week, and they've done it before. They did it, I believe, last season. Maybe it was – I think it was last season when they came back the following week and whipped Houston 70 to, like, seven in the Heart of Dallas Bowl. So it's not unheard of, but it's just a really odd twist to an odd season. So uh, it's just another thing, which is why I think Army's had so much success lately under Jeff Munkin. He knows how to press the buttons, and those kids love playing for a fired-up coach on the sideline, Jeff Munkin. Now, I'm going to ask you this before we get into that, because that actually leads to this. Briefly talk about an Army-Navy game, because that is a bucket list item for myself a bucket list item for sports fans across the world. What is an Army-Navy game like? It's imp- it's it's really impossible to put into the kind of words. You know, I get chills. You know, I'm, I'm chilling up just even thinking about my last one or all the ones. You know, getting to be an official score in Army-Navy years. There's just nothing like it. There, There is no other sporting event on the planet that's like it, especially when it comes to, you know, American college athletics, because, you know, I didn't understand it, Mitch, really. My first year at the Naval Academy working there was 2000, and I didn't really understand until the day of the game. You know, I knew all the interviews. We, You know, everybody had told me about the height, but we were 1 in 10 going into the game, and Army was 0 of 11. And I'm like, what? Who? Who gives a darn? Why is this a big deal? I quick learn why it's a big deal. And whether you're over or whether you're having a great season, those are bragging rights that those guys take into, into service with them. You've got men and women stationed all over, not just the country, but the world, whether they're in the, serving in the Army, uh, in the United States Navy, or the United States Marine Corps in places that we couldn't even fathom just to listen to that game on the Armed Forces Network. And then inside the stadium itself, there is no other game, Navy one, where you have an entire student body, not just a lot of students, the entire student body in one corner and the entire student body from the other school in the other corner, the okay. entire ones. <laughs> and you obviously usually get a night of liberty, um, which means you get uh, you know free reign on the town in Philadelphia, or I think next year we're in New York. But um, there's a the intensity that if you go to the field in the final five six minutes when media is typically allowed down on the field, even pregame, you know there is a there is a feeling that you're in, and especially in the last on the field the last couple of years when the game is still in doubt you feel a weight and you're not even, you don't have a rooting interest. You know, I'm standing there, I'm watching to see how this is going to play out. I remember it was a couple, was it two years ago when Navy had a bunch of false start penalties. They were trying to drive, kick a field goal to either tie it or win it in the snow in Philadelphia. And I was standing at the back of the end zone and the ball hit almost right at my feet where I was standing at the back of the end zone. The ball came up short and Navy lost the amount of pressure and emotion that you feel just as a simple spectator on the sideline, there is nothing like it. And I was on the sideline for the national championship, several national championship games when Hunter Renfro caught the pass uh, on the, with two seconds to go to from when Clemson beat Alabama. I was there in the Georgia dome or in uh, Mercedes Benz when um, Alabama shot Georgia in overtime on that, that third down play. 
tell you, those were amazing plays and those were national championships that were won, but none of them had the intensity that an Army Navy does, especially one that's come down to the wire. I tell you what, before we get into this, I want to say this on the record. If I ever get the opportunity to see an Army Navy game, I like it because I had family who fought nope. both the one the side of the Army, some went to the Navy, and that rivalry. You know, I yep, always. Yeah. I always choose my allegiances, you know, I, I differently every year. This year was Army. Next year will be Navy. Yeah. So I, I, I can only imagine. Um, but getting back to the AutoZone yeah, okay. Liberty Bowl game, I want to close out with this. Yeah. I want to close out with this real quick. What is your three keys to the game for an Army victory? And what what do you how do you think this is, game's going to go? Because I personally, I haven't given my predictions on my live show like I'm going to do tomorrow morning. But I do think Army's going to end up winning just because of the triple option and because they want to be there. Um, you know, common sense tells me that that West Virginia wins the game, but also what's his name Stills, the big defensive lineman. Uh, interior defensive lineman who's going to play on Sundays, uh, you know, first team All-American Darius Stills, you know, and his brother. I mean, they've got an outstanding defensive line that really can control the line of scrimmage. You know, everything also says, how is Army going to win this game? They've only had a couple days to prepare. Um, you know, I think in terms of keys to the game, I think turnovers is number one. Um, that's going to be the biggest key. Um, I think obviously third down, anytime you look at an army win, um, you know, it correlates to what do they do on third down? And then that obviously translates to time of possession. So that's another big key um, is they're going to have to keep the, they're going to have to move the sticks. And the third thing I think is something that um, I don't know if it's a third, it might be four, I'll give you, but number three, I think, I, I believe the weather tomorrow, I just saw the weather report is supposed to be what maybe loading but help army because you know they're not going to put the ball in the air more than five or six times a game especially if it's close you know west virginia does like to throw the ball and and they're the only team i don't think that uh army's given up more than 200 yards passing all season again they haven't they haven't played many passing teams at all um but air but west virginia you know they average over 200 yards a game passing and i think the other thing and i'm not sure how much of a factor this is mitch and this might be a kind of a, a fourth um, is we don't know about the COVID situation. They had about, I think, 50 players that missed uh, the Air Force game. How many of those guys are back? I've heard that roughly maybe half of the 50 um, might be back for this game tomorrow. And the other thing, too, is I'm not sure how much you know about it, but there was a, a real big cheating scandal um, at West Point. Um, 73 cadets were uh, found to have been linked to a cheating scandal um, earlier this year. Um, and just today, I believe it was Sports Illustrated had a report that 55 of the 73 cadets were athletes, 24 of the 55 were football players, 17 of which um, many of the 17 have played in games this year. It, but it's important to note that while the, the academy has found out, you know, that this happened and they've got linked who who was involved they haven't adjudicated it in terms of handing out the punishment and that's not supposed to happen until January. So it's not like that our army or Munkin has done anything to cover it up or, 
you know, allow kids, you know, to play that were a part of it. They haven't been punished yet. So I think that's important to note. And it just came out today. Is it a distraction at all? I don't know. Um, I tend to think it probably won't be, but it could be. Um, but those the COVID you know, issue and then the scandal, obviously, would be kind of two things I would marry together, maybe as a third key, and uh, how Army handles all that and how it impacts them, too. He is Price Atkinson. Tell them where they can follow you on Twitter and find your awesome podcasts. Yeah, at Price Atkinson on Twitter. Um, Yards and Stripes is a podcast I, I, I've done for the past several seasons at Yards and Stripes. We took a little hiatus this year. Uh, it's Army, Navy, Air Force, nothing but Service Academy football, Yards and Stripes. Um, you can uh, listen to on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all kinds of, uh, you know, your favorite podcast app. Um, took a hiatus this year, as I mentioned, you and I were talking before, uh, Mitch, with the uncertainty of the season. Uh, just decided, hey, you know, we don't know how this thing's going to go. Let's just take a year. We'll get back to it full time next year when uh, when all three teams aren't missing games due to, to COVID and postponements and cancellations. I can't wait for a full season that's uninterrupted by any pandemic. Mitch, I know you can't either, but I appreciate you having me on. This has been great. Thank you so much. I've been listening to the Mitch Davis show. I've been your host, Mitch Davis. Be sure you follow me on Twitter at Mitch Davis underscore rate. Like the Facebook and Instagram pages by simply typing in the Mitch Davis show. Head on over to the website as well, themitchdavisshow.com. Going to have an exclusive, in-depth look into the 62nd annual AutoZone Liberty Bowl matchup between Army and West Virginia. This game, folks, will be an exciting matchup between two great college football programs. A very special thank you to Price Atkinson, host of the Yards and Stripes podcast, for coming on the show today to talk all things Army football related, including an excellent preview of the upcoming matchup between Army and and West Virginia. And until next time, happy new year. Stay safe out there. And I look forward to bringing you college basketball coverage starting on Saturday, January 2nd, live from Oxford, Mississippi, as the Ole Miss Rebels will take on the Wichita State Shockers with the 5 p.m. tip-off on the SEC Network, live from the Pavilion on the beautiful campus of Ole Miss.